Do you talk to Sergio Parisi much? Yeah, he is. He definitely is a legend, uh, especially an Italian legend. So, but on the field, the only, the only, the only thing of the only thing you you think about is that uh, you wanna honestly smash him. So. Hello and welcome back to the Champagne Rugby Podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, a bonus episode for the Benetton Treviso warm-ups into the semi-final this weekend for the first time in history. We have, and we are honoured to have, the captain of Italy and Benetton himself, Michele Lamaro. Michele, how are you doing? Hi, hi everyone. Uh, thanks, thanks for the first of all for the invite. And no, I'm I'm good. Honestly, we just got back from South Africa, but um, no, pretty good and nice to be here. So the obviously we've got the the big match coming up this weekend. How how are you feeling? Well, uh, you know, uh, obviously it's a big match. It's a a big game for us. First time in in Treviso's history, so. Uh, I think we are all excited, honestly. Uh, even talking to the other guys and myself as well, I'm really, really excited, honestly. So really looking forward to it. Trying to prepare it in the best way I can, and I think we have to. And what sort of preparation are you guys doing in 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 light of the game? Well, I, I think the process doesn't doesn't really change uh, from a game to another. Uh, it's just uh, something you are you are used to, and uh, generally, obviously, you go through what uh, the other teams do, what uh, they can bring against us. I think our our weaknesses maybe to think about like where they can attack us. But at the end, I think the most important thing is to think about yourself and to trying to do your your things in a in a right way and that's how you get like on the most important day that is like most of the times a Tuesday this week will will be on Wednesday because we play on Sunday so i think uh now what we have to bring is like taking everyone on board taking all all, all the full squad on board cuz i think uh 23 players are not enough to to win those kind of games i think we need all the you know the whole the entire squad that can prepare you know in a big way so uh, i think that's that's everything like if if the opposition can put us under pressure uh, on the wednesday then we will be prepared well prepared for for the game on sunday so i think that's a massive point and now nah, get everyone on 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 board and bring everyone uh, to get to know their their own job and Michaela, you mentioned there getting yourself prepared like normal. Like, what do you focus on during the week? Obviously, you're the captain of the team, so you have to mm-hmm. think of more things that other people might. But what do you focus on during the week for your performance? Yeah, no, well, yes, I am. But uh, at the end, at the end of the day, what what counts more is uh, the way you train, the way you you put on the the right example. Uh, so that's that's what I think counts most. So first of all, I have to get prepared before before getting in training. So watching the other the other what's the other teams do and where we can we can attack them, and what they will bring us what they will bring to us. That for me, that's a massive point about uh, getting prepared and taking into the meetings uh, some some points that can help the whole team. 
so that's obviously one point. Then the other one is to get focus. Everyone, everyone focused on uh, their their own job. I think that's that's a big point as well. Uh, in terms of uh, everyone has to has to do his own job for the team to get everyone uh, in the best position to play at at the end of the day those eighty minutes. Um, so that's another point. And as a captain, obviously. You have to feel how how the how the team is going, how the team feels, in terms of uh, yeah, maybe the tension or maybe to let let a little bit go, let let a little bit loose in terms of uh, mentality that can help you as well in uh, in a in a day like like that where obviously most of us haven't haven't played those games, so it's gonna be crucial about like how we prepare mentally as well. Uh, obviously, we need uh, a part of tension, a part of um, uh, you know, getting, staying in the moment. But on, on the other side, you don't need too much of it. Otherwise, you just uh, get into the game and you're maybe too contract. So I think the a, a good balance about that is about like feeling and us as leaders. I think uh, should have that that kind of feeling. So Michele, you're you're 24 years old. And you're talking as if you've been captain for years and years. What, uh, what, how did you kind of get into rugby in the first place? For the audience that might not be so familiar with Italian rugby and your rise to rugby, how did you get into rugby and how did, you, how did it then become that the 24-year-old is now the captain of not just Benetton, but also Italian rugby and how does that all feel? Well, yeah, I started in a little little club in uh, in Rome. That uh, his name is uh, West Primavera Rugby, and actually, yeah, it's quite uh, similar to lots of others club, uh, where it, it's it's almost a family where you see the oldest guy playing and they're enjoying the time. And uh, you know, I've I've started playing when I was six, uh, so I've been grown in a, in a in a bigger family, and that's that's something that. Even like uh, I can see now as 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 still my family in terms of that. Uh, after that, when obviously I got older, then I started to think about rugby of like think about it in my life as well. Because uh, I think there is a big point where you have to. I had I had to decide about like continue to study and continue to focus on my uh, study career or. Uh, you know, keep on going with the with the rugby side. That doesn't mean I had I had to stop uh, studying, but still, you know, you have to shift your focus and get your priority done. And I think obviously, uh, my first year was I think the the most the most difficult one in terms of that because I was still studying uh, engineering and it was pretty tough about that. Uh, and but still, you know, like my choice was because I moved to Padova, that is 500 kilometers from from Rome away. Um, so I moved to Padova, and that already said that like I've decided to start playing rugby as a as a professional. So uh, at at um, like by side, I um, started to learn uh, to study as a engineering in an engineering university. But um, yeah, I wasn't doing wasn't doing really great there uh, because of obviously all the all the stuff I was doing with the rugby with the rugby side and yeah I just uh, decided at, at half at halfway to 
at half of the year to just leave leave the study go a little bit uh because exactly because my my decision before was to to stay to try to with the with the rugby career so i decided to to end up with uh, engineering and went through obviously the under 20s the um then obviously padova and petrarca and joined the uh, treviso team the later on so well you know like it, it's not it's, it's never really a moment or where where you understand it but it's like you have to stick on your on your choices i think like i've i've done that and after that obviously i I've, I've continued to study uh, and i got graduated in uh, in uh, sport management but it was obviously not not engineering so that was just uh, you know the decision i took it on board and i said okay that's my decision and yeah maybe i can do something that is easier or maybe a little bit lighter than than engineering but still you know taking on with with my decision congratulations on the graduation uh, michele thanks and you mentioned they're playing in the top 10 and playing for the under 20s like what is the pathway like in italy like it's obviously went through a massive change while you were coming through, you know, that before the Italian under-20s might be losing a lot, whereas you guys started coming through and you started beating teams, starting getting close to England, close to France, close to Ireland. Like, you were kind of the one of the first Italian under-20 teams to get there. Like, what, yeah. what was your pathway, like, your training? Were you always believing you were the best or could be the best? Yeah. Actually, I think there is a big point to mention is like the the culture around that. I think that has has changed a lot in the last few years since almost my age, as you mentioned. I think like the way we saw ourselves into like the Six Nation under twenty or into like the general uh, panorama, like world panoramic of of rugby, was much different. Like has has played a different role in terms of uh when i was younger we were always like we see ourselves as a real underdog as a real like you're definitely way less important than welsh team or way less like uh, valuable as as those teams so uh you know as just a start uh you started with a different mindset and i think that changed a lot uh, especially in the last few years, um, I saw a, a young under twenty team that played with such a lot of confidence. I remember I was completely impressed by last year's Six Nation under twenties match against uh, Italy against Wales in Wales, and Italy already be had beaten um, England and Scotland, and they went to Wales and they played the whole game knowing exactly what to do and knowing exactly they they were they were going to win the game uh it 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 wasn't it wasn't any they hadn't any any doubt around that like i remember when i when i was playing in the under 20s yes we were close to ireland we were close to england not really close to france but uh, we went to wales and that was our first first win in the six nation um we went to wales and we were trying, still trying to build something, but didn't even believe we could win in Wales, honestly. And the way they they started the game last year, uh, I think it was honestly really impressive. And that's the the big mindset changing. Like 
uh, even the fact that you know like Benetton is trying starting to to get something um, some reward in terms of uh, of results as well uh, the playoffs in the in the uh, 2020 in 2019 with um, in the in the in the league uh, now the semi final with uh, obviously it went a lot through uh, the Rainbow Cup or yeah no it's just some winning mindset that you start think that you are actually uh, not that far away from start winning games and from start winning or maybe creating a winning culture in terms of that. And what or who uh, started all that, in your opinion? You know, I think, I think honestly, quality of players. Uh, I do think that um, we, always, we always had a few of, of really high quality players. We never had like um, a big team with high quality players in terms of uh, a team that was, especially in the in with the under twenties, uh, a big team with uh, lots of names that could actually play in the same year for the uh, first team for the first for the national team, then with the under twenties as well. And if we see last six nation, we had like four guys that could play both both uh, both teams. Uh, Tommaso Menoncello, Alessandro Garbisi, Leonardo Marina. Uh, I think there is another one as well, but I maybe forgot. But you know, there are so many guys that are brilliant players, and they shifted completely that that kind of feeling. I think you know because maybe before that that maybe culture could have changed one or two games in your favor. Uh, but now, even even if that culture is not really big, uh, with with those kind of players, you still win games because you are definitely way better than than other teams. Uh, so that that's something that obviously creates a winning culture by himself. Are there so, any are there any players that you look up to and that you uh, kind of your inspirations and in affect the way you play the game? Well, yeah. Obviously, like there are there are lots there, there are lots of players, honestly, uh, that has been has has played a big role in my in my career in terms of uh, leadership and and the way to play. Uh, since since I moved to lose forward because I moved to lose forward when I was like fifteen or sixteen. Uh, um, Obviously, I started watching a lot of them. As I, I remember, obviously, Richie McCaw is one of one of the most, especially on the leadership. I saw like a lot the way he was on the field, the way he was charismatic on on the pitch, uh, was unbelievable. He was everywhere, and he wasn't really one that spoke a lot. Like that was my feeling, so I didn't didn't really know it, but that didn't look as someone that talked a lot look more that's someone that you know does everything for the team and that's that's counts more than than any words and but other players like i don't know i remember where barton was one of the the one i used to watch a lot of videos of uh pocock as well like lots of lots of guys that uh used uh, not only his their 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 body in terms of physicality, but they were awesome rugby players in terms of the way they were reading reading the the game. And you've you've also been able to go up against some of the greatest um, 
players of our generation as well. You've been up against South Africa, against Sia Khaleesi, and uh, up against the All Blacks and Hardy Sever. How, how are those encounters and battles being on, on the rugby pitch? Well, no, it's obviously amazing to to only have the opportunity to play against this these guys. I think uh, you learn a lot more by playing against them than by watching, you know, videos on, on the internet. But at the end of the day, I think what counts most is that... Uh, once you play against them, I think you have the feeling that it's not really they're not legend anymore. They're just common common players, and you know you are at especially at the start of the game. You are zero zero. So let's see. That's on the one on one. I mean, um, I remember playing against South Africa. We were just sitting there and just not waiting, but trying to attack them in all, all the way we possibly could. And that obviously created a lot of opportunity for them in the second half, especially. But I think we still we still didn't left anything on the pitch. And uh, the way the South African at the end of the game um, treated us um, was a good reward in terms of they it's it, it, it has been seen what we've done uh, on the pitch as well, you know, uh, so it's it's pretty amazing to play against them since maybe one minute before the game, and if you think about it later on, it's it's still amazing, but on 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 the pitch you are just uh, competing against each other, and that's that's all. And there, Lamaro, uh, Michael, you said that when you play against them, they're not a legend anymore. So this weekend. You're obviously playing against Toulon, and there'll be a number eight at the back of that scrum who's a bit of an Italian mm-hmm. legend. Uh, do, you've, do you talk to Sergio Parise much, or does he keep his um, from the squad? Well, yeah, like obviously we we used to sometimes, but not that much. I mean, I mean, actually, we've never we've never played together, and that's something um, that didn't let us uh, know each other better than than we could uh but still obviously there is lots of respect uh i mean from my side <laughs> i don't know from inside as well but i hope so um any anyway uh well yeah as i said like i've already played against him last year uh, always in the challenge cup was the round of eight uh, one r- round of 16 but um yeah he is he definitely is a legend uh, especially an Italian legend, so it's gonna be now. It's it's massive to play against him, but on the field, the only the only the only thing the only thing you you think about is that uh, you wanna honestly smash him. So um, yeah. that's that's all you think about. So uh, now nah, it is once once the game starts, uh, he won't be a legend anymore. He will be just uh, the opponent. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's the, that's the great mentality to have. And uh, <laughs> isn't it a great occasion to be playing against Toulon as well? Obviously, they have huge European pedigree. So, like, yeah. it's your first time there. And isn't it great to meet a European powerhouse as well? You know, it must make it that yeah. bit more special. Like, 100%. I mean, that's that's almost the same about uh, uh, as, as players, you know. Because uh, now we we get used to play against Leinster, but Leinster as well is like a 
massive power of like European power generally. So um, yeah, what I'm saying is just uh, actually playing against Toulon, you're not really used to it because they have been um, a massive one, a massive uh, club in, in Europe and in the world as well. And to play against them one minute before the game, it's always like, oh my God, I'm going to play against Toulon and it's going to be a semi-final. Uh, but as I said, once once the game starts, um, you know, you don't, you don't think about that anymore and they just going to be the opposition and you have to win against this team as well. If, if you want to create something bigger, then you have to win against this team as well. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it's a brilliant stadium as well, you know, the way to get the crowd going, everything like yeah. that. Obviously, some great players, yeah. No, so hopefully it'll be a great occasion for all you and for the other friends of the show, Sebastian Negri and uh, Marcus Watson. Yeah, as well. <laughs> no, no, 100%. I mean, like, I've, I've already been in that stadium twice. Uh, once was last year when I was younger, when I was like 14, I remember with my club, we, we went there for a tournament and I remember uh, Toulon was playing against uh, Perpignan in the, um, in the Champions Cup, uh, the Heineken Cup, because uh, obviously it was called the Heineken Cup. Um, but um, I remember like Wilkinson was playing and uh, oh my God, he was like simply amazing and just... Mm-hmm. just all those stars playing for for Toulon was uh, unbelievable, and the stadium was was unbelievable. I still remember a month or a few months later, me um, trying to sing the Pilou Pilou. So uh, now it was was like it's pretty pretty strange to go back there now and just play against that side, but you know. Yeah, like that Toulon team you watched there is the Rugby Galacticos. Like yeah. Carol Heyman, Fakis Porta, Bovani, Johnny Wilkinson, Sebastian Tillis Board, Mitchell. Unbelievable squad. Unbelievable. So, Michele, how was it then? How did you become the Italian captain at such a young age? And what did that feel like? Uh, I think I'm the wrong person to ask about that, but um, uh, honestly, it feels like it's it's pretty weird because um, everyone that asks me that question, I always struggle to answer because um, on the one side you have a responsibility and the proudness of you know being captain and. Uh, you know it's it's tough to to be there, but um, on the other side, I try to think about like myself as a player and not as a captain. You know, I don't have anything more than others players. I think um, just the way the way you approach to it does does matter a lot in terms of um, yeah. I try to don't think about it and just to give. All, all I have uh, on the field and off the field for the for the guys, um, that's that's all I think about, and that in in a way takes pressure off of me, because obviously, yeah, you just think about what you can do and not about just the bigger vision that has beside beside that. 
So that's that's all. I just want to think about that and just want to give my best. And obviously, I will I will do mistakes because I'm young and I obviously have to get some experience. And that's why there are lots lots of players, like lots of players. There are an amount of players that are in the leadership group with myself that uh, we are trying to create our our own um um personality as a, as a as a team identity as a team and i think that's that's one of the most important thing for us and so i will take i sometimes i have to take choices i have to take uh responsibility about the decision we we've done but at the end of the day those decision um can be right can be wrong uh, yeah like you you can there's just a lot of pressure. Uh, move on. There's a lot of pressure, and I, I know like dealing with the pressure at a young age is obviously that you've got a lot of <laughs> ways to kind of cope with it, and there's a lot of support systems, and there's a lot of people you can talk to. And I, I saw you recently uh, spending some time with Sia Khaleesi. Has mm-hmm. he had any sort of uh, um, words of wisdom for you, or how's your relationship with him? Well, not. He he he's been great, honestly. Because um, first time we met was after the South African squad in in Genova last uh, last November, and he was amazing. Like he he just started to talk to me as if we know each other since a lot. And obviously, you know, it's uh, still that kind of confidential that he could have. I I didn't, um, so it was it was amazing for him for for me to to have that kind of confidential with him, and actually we talked a lot about general thing, and when we played the sharks on on the weekend um, at the end of the game he just said okay if 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 you're gonna stay here for tomorrow, uh, why don't you come to to my house and we have a lunch together. And that's something obviously that uh, these are those kind of occasions that uh, you, you you can't really miss in terms of um, the way like you can you can really I can really learn a lot uh, from that from you know talking to other guys and that's what's special about sports I think uh, that you met lots of people and that have a uh, own story about uh, the way they feel the game and the way they they play the game and I think. I will never, never say no to a situation like that where I can, um, you know, take on some some good uh, tips on some good tip, uh, some good uh, advices on, on the way. Yeah, guys, just have their story and just learn about their story and learn about themselves, and uh, that's something really special to me, honestly. So, like, were you talking about more about rugby or life, or did it all intertwine? It was, it was more everything, honestly. Um, obviously, pretty much about rugby, but lots of about South African culture and South African things, or, or family, or you know, whatever, whatever was the 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 conversation of. So it's it's all like you get to know people, and that's something that is pretty much amazing yeah and you mentioned a while ago talking about with the leadership group and we're making your own cultural identity obviously South Africa have a very strong rugby identity they have the big yeah. strong forwards a great kicking game good defence like in Benetton what do you discuss 
in terms of what do you want your identity to be? Well, um, it's it's pretty much about like we're trying to uh, on the one side don't get exposed too much because um, um, it gets it you know like teams at this level takes a lot of the opportunities you gave and so don't get too much exposed especially in the uh, and in the exit but on the other side <laughs> on the other side trying to uh, create opportunities from from everywhere so uh, if we have a lineup from the 50 meters out we know with our starting play we can be really really dangerous for other teams so i think our our identity right now is uh, to be as physical as possible because that's obviously the main thing in rugby you have to be physical to create something but on the other side to play a really fast game to 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 play rugby and to get into our shape as quickly as possible to be very dangerous because we've seen uh, we've created a lot of opportunities and we scored a lot of tries especially this season um, I think we've created so many line breaks every single week in, uh, every single week, and and that's something uh, that is pretty much amazing as a for for an Italian side because um, we we weren't really used to it uh, from a few years ago because we were probably yes a good defensive side, but never a real attacking one and never putting. Uh, teams under pressure with our attack and and that's something we we want to change because we all believe that we are good rugby players and we all believe that we are uh, players that know how to how to play with the ball in hands and that's something we want to we want to start building on and last week we spoke to nick evans and he was speaking about teaming t-h-e-m-i-n-g like you know and he was mm -hmm. saying like how they might prescribe different situations might have a buzzword. So if the teams hit a lull, you might hit a buzzword and everyone gets up. Do you guys yeah. do a bit of teaming as well, or is it just a few calls? Um, well, obviously we have we have some work, we have some some things that um we all understand. Like we are going uh, obviously to take everyone on the on the same page in a in the most quicker way. Uh, we have some kind of of things about that. But our our theme our theming is more like, like a general general view in terms of um, especially with the national team we have that kind of uh, feeling um, in a in a in a Roman in a Roman side uh, where we are build our foundation and then we moved on uh, and now we got a, a street in front of us. Uh, with all the with all the matches that uh, will take us to the will lead us to the to the um, to the World Cup. Um, so yeah, obviously, I think it's it's massive how how much you can you know create something from just a just a theming where maybe you give those two three keywords that uh, bring everyone on the same page in the most in the most uh, in the quicker way possible. So it's 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 important, but yeah, we don't have really uh, in terms of words. I think more on a, on a on a bigger view. Sorry, and the national team there. Can you elaborate a bit more on that? So you're kind of building up that year of Roman army. You're going yeah. from home and you're building the road towards the World Cup. Is it? <laughs> yeah, something like that. 
Cool, cool. And uh, you're obviously the general, then you're Maximus Decimus Meridius, yeah? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I think uh, more, more, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what type of um, what type of leader would you say you are? Um. Well, it's um. I obviously try try always my best, but um, you know what I what I think a good leader is is someone that uh is leading by example, obviously, and someone that puts um others before himself. Um, so that's the way I want to 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 be. Uh, I think I think sometimes you have to make choices. You have you have to take decisions, and that sometimes doesn't doesn't really um, uh, makes everyone happy. But uh, still, are decisions that have to be have to be done, and to take responsibility and to accept that kind of. Uh, sometimes the the hard way to do things is is more the 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 right way. So um, I'm one that never say never say no to everyone. Um, I will always um trying to do the the right thing in a in a, in a way to obviously it's it's what I what I think is the right way. What I think is the right thing um to give the example to the others uh and um well yeah that's that's pretty much uh, about it and it's obviously uh easy to say it in words but um you know we always we always have i think uh, moments in a day where um, you just okay say yeah even if i know exactly that that's the the right thing to do i probably go for the easiest way in terms of I don't know, like easy example, gym and you have to reps, do ten reps and you do eight because maybe you're tired or maybe not, because nobody will just watch at you and just see, uh, and that's something I think like always to to have less moment as possible of of those, it's 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 the aim, and and that's what I think and that's where how how you act day in day out. And what are some of your personal goals as a leader and also as a player? Well, um, I mean, um, my my personal goal is obviously um, to win something with uh, with an Italian side. Um, I, I think um, in the next in the next few years we will have uh, a lot of opportunity to show our um our quality players uh that uh, has been through the youngers honestly um and that will take us uh i think to the next level uh, but we will have to uh we have to stay you know us us as a little bit like older and a little bit like experienced players i think uh especially in the next few years we will have to show the the youngest one to you know how to build on the next the next level because under 20s it's it's a good point to start but then uh, international level is completely different and pro 14 let pro 16 now like urc level and european cups level it's completely a different thing uh, in terms of the way especially in terms of the way you train the way you the way you 
uh, treat details uh, in terms of that. So obviously my goal about like a uh, general in a, in a, in a team is honestly to bring an Italian side to, to win an important, an important title. And that's something I really looking forward to. Like this year we have a good opportunity, honestly. And yeah, that's, that's one of them, obviously with the national team as well. It's something uh, we're really looking forward to, you know, to build on and to, bring up the levels trying to be the most competitive as as always as 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 possible in terms of that um so yeah that would be massive as well um yeah you've you've so, obviously got new zealand and france in your pool at the world cup that's going to be uh one hell of a challenge be, that's going to be a really big challenge but you know like um, if if I think about it, um, I think we can play our our cards uh, in into that as well. Uh, it's gonna be tough, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> you mean if you've got uh, New Zealand and and France that are uh, probably the two best sides, and uh, together with Ireland and South Africa. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough, uh, but. You know, uh, what we can do is to prepare the better we can and to bring the uh, the best the best version of ourselves. Ourself. So that's what we we will do. And like we, you can't really have the more you can get. You know, um, you have to try your best and trying to be at your best uh, in those eighty minutes. And if you do that, if you will be ready maybe you will have a chance and that's yeah. what we want to do you you guys already beat australia you've beaten wales you ran it close with france and you did had a pretty decent uh, six nations campaign um how do you see the match with france guy uh, they're going to be the hosts they're going to be um they're going to have the crowd advantage and everything uh, but surely yeah that's a game to be looking at because you you guys are playing them regularly in the in the Six Nations and you know you kind of know a lot of how they're playing and Capuazzo and a lot of the boys they're playing in top fourteen as well so they're playing with a lot of the French guys. Um, I imagine you guys are kind of targeting that game in particular. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I think I think we play the. Pretty good match against them on the on the in the Six Nation. Even if even if um, yeah, the way the way we played, I think we considered them too many opportunities in terms of uh, especially the first half. I think they scored three tries and and when like on on our on our mistakes. And I think the the good thing on that is that we stayed in the moment and we stay in the fight for the whole 80 minutes giving ourselves a chance at the end of the, uh, the end of the 80 minutes and i honestly do think it's going to be pretty much the same at the world cup i mean yes they will host the world cup and they will have the crowd by their side but still you know when you play those 80 minutes you start 0-0 zero, zero and uh, you know, nobody, nobody knows what will, what will, what can happen, and yeah, you just wanna bring the best version of 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 yourself, as I said, and 
um, you know, give yourself a chance by doing the right thing and the right in the right moment, and you know, building on your skill level, building on uh, your decision, trying to, uh, you know, bring bring on the field, bring on the eighty minutes. Um, what what you've learned and what you've tried the whole week. Yeah, and uh, Mikhail, you mentioned you're coming up to the World Cup, so. Are you going to do anything different in the build-up to the World Cup? You know, you've that like 10, 12-week window. So you've obviously seen Wales go to altitude before over to Switzerland and go to hypertrophy chambers. We've seen Ireland go to Portugal for humidity training. We've seen the All Blacks go to Fiji for the same thing. Like in Italy, are you going to target it any way different? Are you going to train in Italy? Well, um, Italy and, and France has pretty much the same um, um yeah meteo in terms of yeah weather and so we're not gonna we're not gonna leave somewhere to to have a different different kind of it um obviously we're very narrow to to france and we have uh pretty much the same of it so uh no we're not gonna do something something special in terms of that I think uh, what we've already said in 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 a lots of in a lots of things was that we have to put the focus on the little details, and I think that's what we will do honestly. Um, starting from from now, starting from the preparation, um, in in June, where everyone has to, uh, you know, look for himself firstly and look to uh, bring himself to the maximum level he can. Uh, after that, obviously, it's going to be a technical and tactical preparation in terms of, uh, you know, watching all the details that you can do better as a player. But yeah, at the end of the day, obviously, individual is like 90% of the job. After that, uh, if everyone brings his own best, then probably the whole team will uh, take a reward from it. So yeah, I think I think honestly, uh, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be massive for us, and that's gonna be what what we will uh, put the focus on since since the start. And in Italy, we all know for the football World Cup, the whole country goes crazy. Yeah. Nowadays, like with guys like yourself, Capuzzo, Garbisi, you know, household names in other countries. Do you think you guys can get the fan zones going for the rugby? Will there be a fan zone in Rome, in Parma, in Treviso? Well, I, I think in the last few years, we've made a very big step step up in terms of that. I think I've, I've seen the Olympic Stadium full for the first time in a, in a, in a while. And that's something... Um, I think we've, we've created in, in the way we're playing, the way we are... Uh, trying to build our on on our foundations to build on on it, uh, and I think that's something that has created a lot of um, um, yeah interest in in the way we are we are doing things. So that's something that has put ourselves in a in a big position in terms of with the crowds, but still lots of lots of um, lots of road has to be done in the next in the next few years as well because uh, um, yeah we I think we've we found a good way to to play rugby and a interesting way to watch it as well um, so yeah I think I think there will be lots of guys that will follow us 
uh, it's not gonna be the same as a football World Cup, but uh, it's it's gonna be massive as well. Yeah, and do you ever think we'll get rugby to the stage that you can be driving a Ferrari around Benetton? No, no I don't think so. I I hope for the next generation, maybe in 20, 30 years, maybe. What What do you think is some of the key things to grow rugby in Italy? Uh, you know, like Italy is a pretty weird country in terms of sports because you have almost everything. You have like you can choose between almost everything. We have a really competitive. Soccer, soccer league, a really competitive basketball league, a volleyball league, uh, all the individual sports, obviously Olympic sports that yeah you can choose on. So, um, and all of these are trying to do the same thing as us because uh, they are trying to build on their uh, on 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 their sports and build on you know some some viewers more. Obviously, soccer is really massive, and I think. It's almost like 85, 90 to ninety percent of the of people watch watch soccer, me included. So, um, well, you know, like w- one thing we have to do is trying to focus on ourselves and 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 that and uh, trying to play um, um a big a big um how do you say in interesting way to play as I said, um, on the other side there is a national league that I think. Uh, in the last few years, been uh, more competitive than than it was before, and that's another big step in terms of, um, yeah, people that are from smaller cities where they don't have maybe Treviso, uh, uh, or or Zebra Parma, maybe uh, they start watch, uh, you know, Petrarca or Rovigo or uh, Viadana more, uh, and that's and that's uh, another big point. Uh, on the other side, the way you, um, the way you start um, uh, things with the with the kids as well, uh, with families that can can help you. So there are obviously many many points that you can do. Uh, still, fact is that if if the national team grows and the national team starts winning, most of the times uh, that reflects uh, even on the on the on how many. Uh, young guys wants to start playing playing rugby so uh, that's another big point as well uh, I think values as well it's it's something massive that we have to keep on keep on going and keep on building on with uh, with the way uh, we train and and we we play so uh, you know there's there's a lot of things that can affect that uh, obviously I put my hands up and say okay that's that's even my responsibility as a as a national team as well. Yeah, and um, I always do. I think about it as well. Is in Italy, obviously, the football is glitz and glamour. You know, like we all love Tati, we love Inzaghi, Cannavaro. You know, they're glitz and glamour. They're all fancy. And in Italian rugby, we've always had these gladiators. You know, like Mauro Bergamasco, Sergio Parise. I think you're in that mold. You mightn't put yourself there, but you're in that mold. You're the gladiator. <laughs> Do you think it's important that we have the new guys like Garbisi and Capuzzo? Because they're nearly like Diego Dominguez, you know? They can kick the ball. They're fast. They have these crazy skills. Yeah. Do you think that's important for the kids that they can see them and be like, oh, I want to be like him too? 
hundred percent. I mean, like to, I think one one thing that rugby has lost in the in the in the last few years in terms of uh, spectacularity. Uh, obviously, uh, on the one side is because um, you know it 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 works better in terms of uh, yeah to to don't take any risk. Uh, uh, maybe with kicking a lot the ball and competing if you are a very good side that competes uh then can can get you a lot of rewards and that's something everyone used to do it used to do because of that and so to change that that way that kind of mindset uh it's something that we are really looking forward to uh because um yeah to to put a little bit of spectacularity into the game is something that uh, in Italy we've we've never saw it uh, honestly, and to have those kinds of players like Angie, like Paolo, uh, like Tommaso Menoncello, some players that knows how to play and knows how to create opportunities from from nothing, from just running a great line, that's something that uh, is 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 spectacular and people wants to see. And so that's something that will reflect on on the crowds as well. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think like it's definitely more exciting to watch Italy now than it was ten years ago. You know, hundred hundred percent, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. And as well, I was thinking you said it, it's lost the spectacularity a small bit, and I I do agree with that from an individual standpoint. You see, kind of less like sidestepping in the middle of the field. You might see the wingers do it a small bit, but people have a theory that there's too many substitutions nowadays that before mm. you used to be able to sub off all your front row or all like two of your forwards apart from that. So people actually got tired, which opened up space in the middle of the pitch. Do you think that yeah. there's an argument to go back to that, to reduce the number of substitutions? Um, well, like all, all these kind of uh, adaptation by, by laws, um, I think it won't really effects a lot i mean if you see um most of the close games haven't haven't really uh, subbed all the teams on like when it's a really close game you have at least one or two guys on the bench then that can come in if someone got injured so at least yeah you've you've got like 21 to 22 uh, substitutions on on most of the very close games um yeah i mean it's always like it's always a thing uh, where you have to find the balance in terms of okay you, yes you have uh players that are more tired and then then maybe you can have more injuries as well and you know that that creates maybe more turnover that creates more guys that are uh, involved i don't know um all the th- all those things are can be useful or not i mean it's the way then you know um i think uh like i don't know about but still like yeah it can can be useful uh and or or even not so um, i mean those those kinds of things are always uh, I think, like as a as a general, like the way the way um, um, things has to be adapted is in a way to to make to make the the game spectacularly, and like the fifty twenty two idea was honestly a good one because that creates uh, 
you know, when the 5022 got 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 kicked, everyone of the stadium just starts uh, screaming, and that's that's a good idea if if the if the aim is that, you know. So whatever whatever it uh, it it can be done, it can be done whatever they want. At the end of the day, what counts most is that uh, the main idea is to make the the game um, more spectacular, yeah, better yeah, spectacular. Yeah, but do you have any ideas? Do you have any idea that you think I think there should be less games? I think there should be more scrums. Have you any idea that you would bring in Trophy? If Michael Lamaro had all the, the keys in his hands? No, definitely not. No, no, hundred percent not. I mean, like uh scrum is a big part of the game as well because uh props need to go to be the props so uh and liners as well and uh, if you don't have scrums maybe you don't have those those spectacular plays they sometimes do from a scrum so um i think like the game the game is is the game and how we are playing it is uh is a is a is a good way uh obviously uh, it doesn't have to get ruined by you know too many things that affects it, but still uh, you know play the game as as it is. So the most physical uh, the most physical guy wins wins the battle, and the most fastest guy maybe score a try more than than someone else. So the, these are main points that can can affect the game and. Uh, I think we don't have to you know complain a lot about like how how it is, but you know trying to play in a in a in a better way. I agree. I love the game, man. I love it. <laughs> you mentioned physicality there. Who is the most physical player you've ever had to play against? Ah, oh, um, it's tough because sometimes um, I think like. Um, individual players doesn't really make a, a a team physical in terms of maybe you got hit by one player maybe once or twice a game if you are unlucky that hit to hit the same guy twice but you know i think i think generally as a, as a team you know you see teams that are getting very very physical the way the way they're playing let's see let's see ireland obviously uh, it's one of the most. Uh, I think the scrums of South Africa are unreal. The way they scrum and the way they move, uh, it's simply it's simply amazing. And I think physicality is not like uh, one individual players. Obviously, yeah, put it in into the contest. I think everyone can look pretty physical with a physical side by by his side. Uh, still, like uh, yeah. Ireland, Ireland and South Africa are pretty much uh, the most physical ones. Uh, I think France has probably the 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 most physical players, but the way they play uh, doesn't really, um, you know, um, doesn't really, yeah, lets you feel that kind of physicality because Ireland just plays thirty five phases in a row every single time we got the ball, uh, so it. It will be very, very tough to to defend them and to stop their going forward. Uh, yeah, that's all. Nice, isn't it? Is there is there any player that you're that when you're playing against them and they're on the pitch and they get the ball and you're just like, oh shit! Uh, most of the, the things, 
most of the times are wingers, very fast wingers. Because um, I definitely won't, won't catch them. I remember playing against France. Uh, or Spinot was one of one of them. Obviously, a class player, but he can create something from nothing. Absolutely nothing. I've never played against Charles Piotau, but I think that would be the feeling when I when I will ever play it against him. Um, obviously, he can he can. I, you, you know, there are those players that you know that can create something from out of absolutely nothing. Um, I played against uh, obviously. Um, uh oh my god, uh Cheslin Colby, uh against Toulon last year, and yeah, I missed him twice because he was just a hot stepper, and hey, there was, you know, where once you catch the ball, you don't want to be in front of him because otherwise, you know, you will just miss a get another missed tackle in the stats, uh, the day after. So, uh, those are those kinds of players that I don't want them. To catch the ball most of the times. Is Colby the sort of guy that will uh, say you, he's given you a step? Will he tap you on the ass afterwards and say, "Oh, good luck, better not, better luck next time"? Right? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Like he will, he will step you, and no, I think he's a class player, and he will just think about himself, honestly. And the topic there of speed. And we don't want to dodge any of these. That's going to link into our quick fire question. So at the end of the podcast, we're after wrapping up the, the main section. And here we go. Hamish is going to lead you away there with the quick fire question. Okay. No dodging now. That's that's going to be tough because I'm poor at fire question, honestly. All right, well, <laughs> it's what the it's for the fan the fan questions we got coming in here. Oh, we we've, we've got a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, I'll it? try and choose. I cho- try and choose the best. I think this is the most amount of fan questions um, we've ever had. Actually, uh, no way, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they're obviously wanting to know everything about Nikele Lamado. So I'll start. <laughs> off, I'll start off with uh, Tony Squibbs. He said, uh, "Who's the greatest player you've ever played against?" Um, well, I remember the first. The... One of my first game in Benetton, I played against Leinster and James Ryan was playing that game and I remember him so well because he was absolutely destroying us. Uh, so I would say James Ryan, obviously, that was one of my first game, but everyone that asked me that question, I always answered James Ryan in that game. Like, as a, as a first feeling was amazing and he's still doing great, honestly. Ryan Hogan wants to know, would you rather lift the Champions Cup with Benetton or the Six Nations with Italy? Ah, that's a tough one. But uh, yeah, I would say Six Nations with Italy. Like I think Six Nations is, there's nothing more than than Six Nations. Obviously, Italy, yeah, it's my main country. So, yeah. Uh, Christy Sun Doherty wants to know, who currently do you think is the best Italian international right now, in your opinion? Um, at the moment, uh, I think there are pretty many, many players that are cracking it. Uh, obviously, Angie has a lot of potential and has a lot of pace and he creates from, from nothing a lot. Um, I have to mention Tommaso Menoncello. He's 
unbelievably young, uh, unbelievably uh, physical, and his way to running is simply amazing, unstoppable, honestly, so physical. And I would say Lorenzo Cannone as well. He's, he has had a massive grow in the last few months. He's very young as well. Um, so I have to say him as well because uh, he's very, very physical. He knows how to carry the ball. He knows how to jackal, uh, knows how to carry. He's a very complete player. So he, I think he's very, very competitive at this level. So... Yeah, these three obviously are. Yeah, there are lots of others, but I think I think these three are enough. Josh Didi wants to know what's your favorite anthem in the Six Nations, besides uh, the Italian anthem, obviously. Yeah, easy. Um, it's Italian apart. Uh, I would say um, we played in Scotland the last the last game of the Six Nation and. Uh, to hear Flower of Scotland in my airfield was unbelievable, honestly. Like one of my, one of the best sensation I've ever had in, in rugby, like to saw all the stadium singing uh, without any song, without any music um, was unreal, honestly, really unreal. And uh, Senzo Fit Personal Training would like to know, which player from another country would you love to play with? Um, well, um, I think one of the greatest uh, in 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 rugby at the moment is Johnny Saxton, and I think the way the way he can put the team in a in a right spot every single time is unbelievable. And uh, I would really it that that could be a real experience to to play with him. And I think yeah, the way he uh, managed the forward and managed the to play the game the way he knows to get the game is simply unreal just by watching him on TV. So and playing against them against him as well. So um, yeah, I would I would honestly love to play with him. Pive Kanti wants to know. Who is in your dream back row? So I assume you're playing uh, as well. Who are the other two with you? Uh, um, that's a pretty tough one because um, um, I, I think I'll drop me and putting Josh van der Fleer uh, at seven. Um, Ardi Savea at eight, 100%. Unreal, uh, obviously two amazing players, and um, as a six, um, well, there are quite a lot that uh, um, inspires me, and I think they are pretty class players. One of them is is Jamie Ritchie from from Scotland. Uh, he's a really smart player and is very very good in juggling. Very good in carrying the ball and a leader as well so uh, I think these three are pretty pretty much amazing honestly um, yeah I, I, would, I would pick th this three but honestly there are so many 
Uh, I think the Irish Irish back row it's unreal. Uh, Omaoni, Caelan uh, Doris, uh, Van der Fleer, Conan, they are just unreal players, and the way they play is amazing. The way they play together is simply amazing, and they're so much built together. So that now I think th their back row is pretty much the best. Uh, but I would pick those those three that I've already said. As captain, what do you think is the most important psychological aspect of the game? Um, I think like you have to, I, you have, yeah. you have you have to have the feeling of of the team, honestly. Especially when you are uh, during during a match, like um, you have to understand what the teams need. Uh, in terms of there is uh, maybe you can put some energy on or uh, put some calm, maybe staying quiet and you know relaxing everyone. If you see uh, that that maybe it's going to some like some fr frustration as well. Um, so you know that kind of feeling, that kind of balance is one of the most important thing to me as a captain. Uh, especially on on the field uh, on a on a Saturday or Sunday. If you were to leave Italy and play for another club, which club would you pick? Uh, oof. that's a tough one. Um, um, I think I think like if I if I have to see um between Super Rugby, uh, Premiership. Uh, and top Qatars. Um, obviously, I think the way the way I find myself better is in Premiership, uh, because of the way the way I play is very structured, and I love to play in a very structured team. And I think uh, in England they are very very structured teams, uh, and um, but I think in 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 France I could. Obviously, uh, take something more on board than I than I already have. More money, uh, is it? So okay, I would say on the top on the top forty, I would love to. Uh, I would go for obviously to lose a La Rochelle. I don't know. It's pretty tough to to understand. I mean, La Rochelle, they're very physical, and I think I'm I'm not that physical. Uh, but still, I would love to play in a in a in such a side like that. Uh, Toulouse have amazing players and unreal pace. Uh, but still, like lots of lots of other teams as well. Yeah. It's Another really question. Tough. Tough one. Another question from Senzo Fit Personal Training. Uh, he's come up with some really good questions this podcast. I have to admit. <laughs> um, you you really play with a lot of passion and energy. What inspires you? Oh, um, well, I mean, I think on 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 the one side is obsession in terms of um, don't give up, like never never back down. You know, like um, you wanna you you just wanna. Um, complete what what you've started and you wanna and I want to 
you know, um, give my best for 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 my teammates. So that's that's one part of it. So obviously, uh, obsession to to get to become what what you really what's you know what was your goal and to to get to that point. Uh, on the other side is um, you know you work hard so much during the week and you see how other players um, work hard for for the team and that's something that inspires me a lot honestly um, to be in a very challenging environment to stay in such a such a moment like that like in such an environment like that inspires me a lot and when I see players that don't play even if they gave everything that inspires me a lot and I want to give everything on the pitch for for them as well Christian White wants to know if you weren't playing rugby what other sport would you like to play? <laughs> um that's a pretty tough one because I, I love sports in in general I'm uh, I, I'm I'm really sport addicted and I really do love outdoor sports uh, I'm staying a lot in the mountains uh, or cycling as well um, I still think that I would love to play with the ball uh, so um I don't know really like I would probably or ski or you know I don't know there are I, I could say honestly at least 10, 10 sports that I could have done instead of instead of rugby and uh, I would be at this of them so yeah to say or, or play volleyball I don't know <laughs> So the, the last question we've got uh, is from Zinka, Zinka Conti and he wants to know if there was one person that you would like to listen to on the Champagne Rugby podcast, who would it be and why? Um, well, like um, most of the Northern Hemisphere players, um, I... Not I know them, but um, I think like with most of them, I've had the opportunity to speak. Uh, so I would love to to hear a Southern Hemisphere player. Um, uh, could be Australian, could be Fijian, Tongan, or whatever it is. Honestly, uh, but um, yeah, I would love to hear Southern Southern Hemisphere players and the way they feel the play the way they feel the game and the way they feel in the Super Rugby uh, at the moment. So um, to say one, um, I don't know. Um, I would say um, Will Jordan, let's say. Will Jordan. <laughs> Will well, Jordan. Will Jordan, you heard it from Michele himself. He wants to hear you on the podcast. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll try and make that happen. 100%. Well, Michele, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, where oh, can thanks. people find you on uh, social media if they want to follow your journey? <laughs> uh, Instagram, Mitch Lamaro, it's easy one. So you just tip, tip my last name and it's, it's easier to find, I think. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's all. Easy to, no easy really to find, to... easy to write. Yeah. Well, that's all for the today's podcast, and we're wishing Benetton the best of luck, and we'll be cheering from the from the sides that they win for this week against Toulon and make history happen. It's happened once with the uh, Marcus Watson. It happened with Seb Negri. <laughs> in Boca Lupo, in Culo a la Belena. Speriamo. Gracias, Gracias mille.